Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of What the Heck is Crypto. I'm your host, Stephen Cesaro, and we've got another crazy week in the markets this week. Uh, as I record this on Thursday, February 9th, the markets are absolutely imploding. Ethereum tanked uh, all the way down to uh, 1560. Altcoins are absolutely uh, crapping the bed right now. Bitcoin below 22,000. A lot of fear, a lot of uncertainty in the markets at, at the moment. Going to try to go over some of the big things happening, break it down for you. I think the most important story that everybody is focused on this week uh, is that the uh, government seems to have a, a, a renewed sense of purpose in, in coming after uh, crypto. Uh, people on Twitter for the you know last couple of weeks have been floating rumors that some Operation Choke Point type operation is going to maybe shut down some of the uh, access people have to crypto, you know, su supply some uh, additional pressure on the industry. And in, in the recent days, we're, we're seeing that come to light. Uh, a couple of the big stories here. Well, for, first off, today, uh, U.S. exchange Kraken announced that they are going to be shuttering their uh, Ethereum staking product. And uh, rumors were circulating yesterday that this was going to be uh, done as well by Coinbase. Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong uh, put out a tweet to everybody, letting letting the people know that uh, the SEC was was effectively uh, pressuring them to remove access to their tokenized Ethereum staking product. Uh, they have a coin called Coinbase ETH CBETH. It's it's sort of a it's it's a tokenized representation of ETH that has been staked within Coinbase. So it's it it effectively the same as ETH, except that it pays you uh, an interest rate that comes from Ethereum staking. Now, this was a really great way for people who are crypto newbies to get access to Ethereum staking. It is a little tricky to run your own node, and, uh, run your own validator and, and get that set up. It's a little less tricky to use liquid staking derivatives such as Lido or Rocketpool that we've, we've talked about in the show in the past. But still, the process of uh, keeping and custodying and, and you know safely backing up and using in a an ethereum wallet is is still a little out of reach to people so it was nice that we had uh coinbase eth and some of these other uh liquid staking derivatives that were basically facilitated by the exchanges themselves because they're so easy to use um but appears now that this is is going away now in the immediate aftermath of this what we saw was a a, a huge pump in the liquid staking derivatives that are on the Ethereum blockchain, uh, namely Rocketpool, uh, Lido, Frax. Um, these coins all saw tremendous, tremendous pumps yesterday. The, the, the theory is sort of that the, the, the demand for Ethereum staking is, is going to be filled. And whether that's through Coinbase and Kraken or ultimately on chain, um, that, that the money is going to flow somewhere. So in a world where you can't stake on Coinbase anymore, a lot of people may be, um, you know, forcing themselves to figure out how to use uh, the, these LSDs like like, like Lido, like like Frax, um, Frax ETH, and, and, and like Rocketpool. So a lot of money flowing to those coins um, yesterday. Uh, today, I think on the uh, Kraken news, that was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back on, on the market. I've I've personally believed that this rally was a little a uh, little weak in uh, recent days, uh, past couple of weeks. Um, I myself had taken a lot of profits and, and, and purchased some puts 
uh, last week to protect myself. So we did end up getting a a big move down uh, today. Um, where this goes, it's kind of hard to say. Bitcoin at around 22K right now, as I, as I uh, record this episode, is, is kind of hanging out in, in no man's land. We had a big area of con- consolidation from, from 22, 22.2K or so up to up to 24K. We've lost that area and we have kind of a big gap um, from here all the way down to, you know, roughly the 21.1 area. So if we're able to kind of push price back up, reclaim, you know, 22.2, 22.3 or so, uh, I think you can make a good case that maybe the worst is over and maybe we reconsolidate and go back up. As of now, though, it does look like it's likely that we're, we're going to kind of trade back down into this uh, 21K or so level that we, uh, we, we were briefly in in the middle of January before just completely blowing through it uh, up into the recent range. So I think wait and see right now if you're a, if you're a trader or if you're a, uh, you know, a, a more active investor, uh, wait to see what the market is going to do before you make any, uh, any huge moves right now. I think personally, this whole crypto rally is a is a little weak in the teeth for um, reasons that I'll elaborate on a a little bit later. Macro is is kind of dicey in my opinion, and we are still still tied to that as as crypto uh, investors. So so that's what's going on there. In uh, in some more positive news, um, there were there were some really cool developments last week in Bitcoin with the advent of the ordinals project which has allowed the creation of nfts on the bitcoin blockchain and this is a really cool development in in my opinion and in many many people's opinions uh, many people who are bitcoin maxis this is this is not a a good development for for reasons we'll get into in a little bit but um the ordinals project is really cool because it it created a way to write data into the bitcoin blockchain in a way that allows you to basically store NFT data there. So Bitcoin has NFTs now and they're booming. Uh, one of the most popular collections uh, is they, they, they basically redid CryptoPunks on Bitcoin. I saw, I saw a sale for, for over $200,000 for one of these um, a couple days ago. Uh, so good for Bitcoin in that regard. I, I think one of the, the, the kind of existential threats to Bitcoin, for those of you who don't know, is that the network security long-term is, is up in the air. Currently, the you know, security is paid for through the issuance of new Bitcoins in the block rewards. You mine a block and you get a Bitcoin. And you, 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 you are incentivized as a miner to secure the network, to burn all that electricity, um, because you get that uh, Bitcoin reward. Now, Bitcoin is designed so that every four years or so, we have this event called the halving, where the amount of issuance of Bitcoin and those rewards gets cut in half. Now, this has uh, traditionally been a thing that people are very excited about. I believe the next halving is probably scheduled for, for, for early next year, if you want to mark that on your calendar. But we're usually happy about these events because uh, having the issuance means having the amount of new Bitcoins that are created and in, in dumped on the supply um, by miners every day, right? So in theory, less supply getting dumped means uh, more, more upward pressure on the price, and, and, and that's traditionally good. What we're starting to worry about is that, you know, at four years from now, and then another four years, then another four years, pretty, pretty soon the amount of Bitcoin issued 
uh, as rewards for mining blocks is it, it, it may be, you know, small enough to the point where the security of the network starts dropping. And we are set to basically stop issuing block rewards entirely by, I don't know, 2140 or so. Um, but realistically speaking, like these these rewards within the next 10 or 15 years or, you know, depending on who you talk to, are going to become so small on, on or even though they're, they're, they're continuing, they're going to become so small that the security of the network is, is coming into question. And it was always sort of assumed that, well, this is, this will be no problem because as Bitcoin becomes adopted and price goes up, uh, more people will use it and there will be fees and miners will still mine Bitcoin because they'll be making so much money from, from fees. But what we've seen since 2017 is that that was that was pretty much the you know that was pretty much the peak in 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 fees growth and we have not been seeing a lot of of activity on the Bitcoin network like certainly not enough to support the security of the network uh, in my in my opinion through fees and this is kind of understandable because there's there's not a lot you can do on Bitcoin right now relative to something like Ethereum. We have gaming and NFTs and DeFi and just all, all, all this stuff going on. Like Bitcoin, people are really treating like this um, digital commodity that they sort of buy one time and send to a wallet and then just forget about it, right? So that doesn't support a lot of activity. What's cool about ordinals is that there's now a reason for people to demand Bitcoin block space. Like if you want to deploy an NFT project to Bitcoin, you have to pay. Uh, fees to write that data uh, into the blocks. And uh, we know from Ethereum land that NFTs are, are, are very popular and they drive like a tremendous amount of use case. So uh, now there seems to be a reason for people to use Bitcoin and to generate a lot of fees. And uh, I think it's great. Personally, I think it's going to you know become a, a, a path to hopefully having a sustainable security model for the network. I think that some of the Bitcoin maximalists are upset that you're, you're not, quote unquote, you know, supposed to use Bitcoin this way. They believe it's, it's supposed to be money and, and that's kind of it. Will they be right? I don't know. Time will tell. I think it's silly and, and, and I support the project. So if you, you want to see Bitcoin NFTs, check out Ordinals. Um, probably a lot of opportunity there right now if you uh, fancy yourself to be an NFT flipper or uh, NFT uh, investor. So go ahead and check that out. All right. Before we uh, wrap up today, I want to want to talk about important concept. I, I I alluded earlier to the idea that I thought this this rally was you know a little bit long in the tooth and and why I thought there were some reasons for that. And in crypto, we we like to talk about concepts called uh, PVP mode and PVE mode. And these are concepts borrowed uh, from from gaming uh, PVP. Uh, player versus player, um, an environment where everybody is sort of competing against one another and the gains are sort of zero sum. Now, what's great about crypto bull runs is that they are, they are PVE environments. They are positive sum. Um, there's not just money circulating around in the system. There is new money coming into the system. Now, you can think about crypto as being its own little individual economy, right? So in the TradFi world, we have the concept of, uh, you know, the money supply, the Federal Reserve. And we've lived in an era since 2008 where the money supply has basically been going up only. There's new money being created in the system. And what happens um, in a system when a bunch of new money is created? Well, it, it creates like upward pressure 
on asset prices. And we've seen that in, in stocks, uh, especially over the last decade, they've, they've gone very, very, very high as uh, the money printing bonanza continued for a while. But uh, in, in 2022, beginning of the last year, we saw that process reverse for the first time in a very, very long time. We started taking money out of the system. We, we implemented quantitative tightening instead of quantitative easing. And what happened? Well, everything absolutely dumped. Uh, stocks way down, bonds way down, all, all, all kind of risk assets just absolutely uh, destroyed. Now, the analogy to this in crypto is the stablecoin market cap. Now, stable coins, as you probably know from listening to this program, are, are coins that are designed to just hold a peg to $1, i.e. be stable. They're sort of like the cash, uh, you know, underlying money layer of the crypto ecosystem, right? So generally speaking, when there are more stable coins being created and flowing into the system, this is supportive of higher uh, crypto prices. If we get $10 trillion of stables flowing into crypto, uh, which has a market cap of, you know, $1 trillion-ish at the moment, um, you would expect the market cap of all the coins in that system to rise because you're effectively injecting liquidity into this ecosystem. Now, much like last year, we saw M2, um, the Fed balance sheet, kind of roll off in, in the uh, traditional markets. We also saw the stablecoin market cap start to go down uh, quite dramatically in crypto and go down for the first time in, 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 in many years. And, and unsurprisingly, this combination of liquidity leaving the crypto ecosystem with liquidity leaving the TradFi ecosystem and risk assets going down was tremendously negative for crypto prices. So as a crypto investor, especially one who is more passive, right? You're not doing this full time. You're not a trader. You're not going in and out of stuff. You want to be buying the majority of your crypto right at the beginning of or right before the start of uh, quote unquote easy mode, right? Easy mode in crypto is when the money stops flowing out of the ecosystem and money starts flowing back into the ecosystem, right? Because when new stable coins flow into crypto, it is supportive of asset prices. It, be, it goes from a negative sum game where people are trading money back and forth with one another. And it's kind of this brutal uh, fight club style thing to an environment where everybody is sort of just getting richer together. You know, this is the era of uh, we're all going to make it, which we used to like to say in, in, in 2021. And you know, apparently that was not true, <laughs> um, at least uh, not in the, in, in the short run there. Right. So how does that relate to this market today? Well, when I look at the market this year, right, I, we're seeing prices go up, which is great. But are we seeing crypto liquidity go up? Are we seeing stable coins going up as new money flowing into crypto? And the answer to that, unfortunately, is, is no. We are not only still below the stable coin levels that we were at prior to the FTX explosion. Um, we've actually seen a decrease in crypto uh, stable market cap this year, right? So there's this divergence between what's happening with prices and what's happening with the native liquidity uh, within crypto. So, you know, for that reason, I am kind of medium term, medium term bearish on crypto prices. Um, I've been ultra short term bearish. I think I'm still kind of bullish for like a month or two. Like I, I think there's a really 
plausible case that we could make another push higher, you know, maybe sniff 2000 or so on Ethereum and, and 25K or so uh, on Bitcoin. But I don't think that that's a given. And I, I think that as an investor right now, you need to consider the possibility that we just topped <laughs> maybe for the year as, as crazy as that, as that is. I see a lot of people feeling like they missed out. They've been FOMOing into altcoins uh, over the last week. Uh, If you did that, you probably got absolutely rinsed today. There's a lot of stuff that was very popular that's down, you know, nearly 20% uh, on the day. Uh, These things are really, really nasty when they, when they go down, (laughs) just as, just, just as they are fun uh, when they go up. Right. So how can you, use all of this information and, 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 and make it actionable? Well, step one, I think, is be careful right now. I still think that, you know, 1500 ETH is, is going to end up being a good price five years from now, but I am very prepared for us to go sub a thousand again at some point this year. I am very concerned about a hard landing happening uh, at some point in the TradFi markets and, the, and that bringing uh, crypto down with it, you know? Um, so until I kind of see that play out, I'm very hesitant to put a lot of money into crypto. I've said that I think you have a lot of time to buy. Um, I suspect you will have the entirety of this year. Um, you know, maybe not the entirety, but the, you know, most of the second half of this year, I, I do expect to be a good time for long-term, uh, bargain hunters and a, you know, probably a bad time for, for people who FOMO'd in here. If you want to check out some of this data on your own, you want to kind of level up your, in, in investing, um, I recommend signing up for TradingView, TradingView.com, a uh, pretty good piece of charting software. Uh, it has a lot of the data I'm talking about. So if you go into TradingView, you can plot the market cap of USDC, of Tether, and you can see what that's doing, right? So if the stablecoin market cap is going down, you should never really expect the bottom of crypto uh, to be in. In a perfect scenario, what you want to see is price kind of moving down to sideways as stable coins start to, to uh, significantly tick up in market cap. That's what we saw before the 2020 bull run. You had a, a month or two of time where, where crypto prices were going down, but stable coins were going way, 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 way up. Um, and that ended up being like a crazy opportunity to invest. And if you caught that inflection point, you made a lot of money. The other indicator I like to look at is like the ratio of stablecoin market caps to the, the uh, crypto market caps. For example, as a, as a really simplified operation, you could take the stablecoin market cap of Tether and divide it by the stablecoin market cap of, of, of Bitcoin. And the, uh, the, the, the theory here, right, is that the price of Bitcoin is effectively limited by the amount of stable coins, right? And as that ratio goes way, way, way up and way, way, way down, it kind of becomes like a, uh, like a uh, bottom or a, a, a top indicator, right? Like if there's, like in last June, for example, we saw a tremendous amount of tether relative to the market cap of Bitcoin. There was an excessive ratio of stable coins to, to crypto market cap, right? And that set up a situation where we had a bottom, right? There was just, even though liquidity had left the system, there's still so many um, dollars in the system relative to the price that it was very easy for some of that money to flow from stable coins into Bitcoin, into other cryptos. 
and kind of boost price upward. If you look at those ratios right now, they're not flashing warning signs, but they're they're not like screaming buy signals either. You know, we might be a five out of 10 uh, on the, the ratio there, right? In terms of risk. And if we hit like a eight or a nine out of 10 on that uh, risk metric, like I'm, I'm probably going to, to get the heck out of Dodge. Like if I see price of, uh, you know, Ethereum reach $2,000 and I, and I don't see any new stable coins flowing into the market. Um, to me, that's, that's about the peak. That's as high of a ratio as we can support without having new stable coins, uh, flowing into the system. Okay. So I hope that was useful for you. Um, if you have any questions on this, feel free to uh, pop into my Discord, ask me about it. Uh, if you've never used TradingView before, if, uh, what I said sounded like uh, Chinese to you and you just need a little more clarification, uh, you can find me uh, at uh, alphalphapod.com. You can find the link to the Discord there. We've been having a lot of new people joining lately, uh, talking about crypto, uh, talking about life. It's been a it's been a great time in there. So uh, if you've ever been thinking about joining, I, I, I recommend, uh, you know, popping over to alfalfapod.com and, uh, and joining the Discord. Also, do give me a follow on Twitter at Steven Cesaro. You can find that in the show description if you don't know how to spell that. I know it's a little bit tricky, um, but I do, I do tweet some stuff occasionally. I actually put out a little thread about this the other day if you want to check that out and review what I just talked about on the podcast. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up for today. Uh, stay safe out there. Hopefully when we uh, when we meet next week, price isn't uh, significantly lower. But, you know, even if it is, uh, stay cool out there. Uh, remain patient. And remember, you have time. Uh, don't do anything. Don't do anything stupid. Don't take any unnecessary risks. Uh, time is on your side, I think, for the next bull run. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend and I'll see you next week. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.